When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, Midlife Surfer podcast listener, how are you doing? Thank you for joining me today. God bless you for listening to this. What the hell are you doing listening to this? Hey, this is Jeff. I'm a small wave lover. I'm a Craigslist scroller. I'm a mid-length 6'8 to 7'10 shredder. And I'm a midlife surfer. I'm in my late 30s. This is episode number 9. I'm impressed with how many listens we're getting so far. It's pretty cool. My Instagram game is so weak. You got to get good at Instagram, I think, to, uh, to get some real listenership. You know, there's a guy that produces this podcast. His name is Adam Montiel, otherwise known as Adam Montiel. Adam Montiel works in radio down on the central coast of California. You know, San Luis Obispo, Morro Bay, Cayucas, Pismo Beach. And he's a really skilled producer. He, um, he's my producer with this podcast. What I do is I basically record myself rambling into a telephone, which is uh, funny in itself that I'm talking into a telephone. It records. I send it to Adam. I tell him what music to put. He had some cool effects like... And also reggae horns. And... He's a really funny guy, and uh, I want you to check his out, his podcast out. He started one as well. It's called Quarren Taste. Adam has for I don't know now, fifteen years, ten years, uh, really dove into the wine scene down on the central coast of California, Paso Robles region, Edna Valley, where you at? Anyway, there's some good wine down on the central coast. There's lots of wineries, and um, he speaks to lots of winemakers. All in all, he's just a funny dude and an easy hang. So check him out, Quarren Taste. Get it quarantine, but quarantaste. You get it? How's the shelter in place treating you? Are we ready for phase two? Well, I hope we are. I hope you're staying safe. I uh, noticed in my bank account, my $500 down payment for my Michelle Juno custom 6'8 Carver has cleared. That's nice, man. Once that check is cashed, it's like, yeah, it's on. How long till I get this board? I'm going to be stoked about that. I have an interview coming up, believe it or not. Someone wanted to be on this podcast. That's pretty cool. The guy's name is Hendrik. He's out of Portugal, Portugal. And he's German, actually. Uh, But he lives in Portugal, Aracera region. As far as I gather, I haven't been to Portugal, so I can't pretend to know their area too well, although, damn, it looks pretty there. And he's a cool dude, man. Um, At Surf Stick Surf and at Grip and traction on Instagram. The product that he produces, manufactures, is Grip and Traction, or G&T. Rock and roll, Grip and Traction. And uh, it's a tape, it's a grip tape that you put on the surface of your surfboard in lieu of wax, right? I like wax, I do, I, I love the smell of, I love the smell of sex wax, and there's this bubblegum wax that I like too. Although if you listen to David Lee Scales on uh, Surf Splendor, 
And also, uh, Chaz Smith has mentioned this on his Breach Grit site as well, too. I think they have a video posted. Um, Sticky Bumps is the OG, original wax manufacturer. And they have a pretty cool operation, a family-run operation. He just scaled his business to fit his lifestyle. He's not after all the gold. Give me the gold. I want the gold. He's not after all the gold. He, um, he built this business to be uh, sustainable for him and his family. It sounds like a second-generation family. And that's Sticky Bumps. And I believe they, they kind of invented this whole wax thing. I mean, as, as we know it now. But um, I can't stand the smell of Sticky Bumps, man. It makes me nauseous. I don't know what it is. It's too strong of a smell. So I mentioned my producer, Adam Montiel. He's done a hell of a job for me. I want you to check out Corintace. Check him out on Instagram. He's at Adam on the air. Also, my cousin, Andy Steele. He's an artist. Check him out at AJ Steel Art. The dude is skilled. And I, I really got to give him love because he was one of the first people that listened to a couple of these episodes and just said, Jeff, I, I really think you, you got to keep going with this. And he would um, text me or call me and tell me what he liked and didn't like. And, you know, that's nice to have family and friends that support you like that. I really mean it. And he may be a blown some smoke, but sometimes I feel like he's, he's, uh, he's authentic with it. So any words of encouragement are cool when you're putting yourself out there, recording your deepest, darkest surf thoughts into an iPhone. You need someone out there to listen. So Andy Steele, God bless you. And, you know, he does, um, I'm not an artist, so I I know he works, uh, you can commission his services, I imagine, is what he would say. Check him out at AJ Steele Art. His art is, I got to tell you though, it's out there. Some would describe it as disturbing. I think some of the shit's disturbing, but that's good art, right? If If it stirs an emotion from within, then you know he's doing something right. I went surfing, uh, I don't know, two or three times since we last spoke. I got my ass beat back at Manresa early Sunday morning. Went out with my buddy Jason. Just closeouts, foggy. It said four to five feet, but gosh, Manresa State Beach is just relentless. You know? It's not the size, it's the frequency. Like if just if it never stops coming, you just keep duck diving, duck diving, duck diving, and you know, no waves are peeling. What's it all about, right? So anyway, we did it for half hour, got swept down the beach. And we looked at each other and said, let's go to the hook. So we went surfing over at uh, the hook in Santa Cruz. And uh, once again, I used my 6'8 loner from Michelle Junot. I freaking love that board. Okay, let's get to this interview, by the way. Hendrick is a cool dude. Let's just get right to it. You can email me, jeff at midlifesurfer.com, midlifesurferpodcast on Instagram. And let's get after it. Here's Hendrick. It's uh, it's two thirty over in Aracera. Is that correct? Am I saying that correctly, Aracera? Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a local either, so uh, I, yeah. I say Aracera as well. Um, the Portuguese might pronounce it slightly different. Where are you from, Hendrick? Originally, I'm from Germany. Yes. It's a little bit in the in the north of I'm Europe. Familiar. I'm familiar. Uh, okay, okay. You have a similar uh, uh, accent. It's called Hamburg. I'm not sure if you, if you know it. Absolutely. It's in the part of, of uh, Germany. Excellent. I'll, I'll give you a proper introduction too, so I could sound a little professional. Um, Hendrik uh, Bonzio. Is that how I see your That's last correct. name? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, Hendrik Bonzio. Of Surf Stick, and you, you're based out of Aracera, Portugal. That's and correct, yeah. That's where we have our uh, home base. That's where our office actually is our tiny little uh, office that I'm uh, talking to you right now. Very cool. And your website is surf-stick, S-T-Y-K, 
com for anyone who wants to go check it out. And um, Jeff, Jeff it, yeah, that's the one site, but the one that is a little bit more interesting might be Grip Attraction, Grip one Attraction. word, dot com. That's, that's where the most things are happening. The other one is just for, for future purposes. So the really interesting stuff is happening on, on Surfstick, actually. Uh, sorry, on Grip Attraction. Yeah, and I do see, you know, y your Instagram game is on point, man. Your social media, I was watching some of your YouTube videos, and you, you burn a lot of calories putting some content out there. I, I applaud you for that. I have trouble with that. Um, so grip and traction, and is this and traction or N traction, the letter N in between grip and traction? Well, the, for, for the domain and for the social media and all of that, it's, it's with and, actually. But the, um, the, the, the idea behind it is a little bit like rock and roll, like grip and traction, yeah. like GNT. Yeah. Not like gin and tonic, just like grip and traction. So just, yeah. So, but the domain is grip and traction. They're Great. all written out in one word.com. And primarily your product from what I've gathered is just that it's traction pads or a grip tape that you can apply to the surface of a surfboard um, in lieu of wax. So I guess my first question, well, what do you have against surf wax? And my favorite smell in the world is that coconut you know, uh, sex, sex wax, man. I can't get enough of that smell. So tell me yeah, to, to be honest, I'm working on, on getting some, I, I was doing some heavy market research. No, I wasn't, but uh, it is, <laughs> I think that's the central side. A lot of people say that. And I think whoever did this, I think Dr. Socks or Sticky Bums, whoever did this yep. first was genius because what they try to do is, is to cover the smell of petroleum from, from a, because it's a petrol uh, price product. But sorry, I cannot offer you that, but I can offer you a clean car on a hot summer day. I can offer you that you just grab your board and you don't worry about grip attraction anymore. Just put, out, put it on once and you're settled. You have like a steady grip, regardless of water temperature, of what you do to the board. You can throw it even upside down on the, on the sandy beach, wash it off again, it's all the same. It's always nice and clean. Right. And, um, but that's just the cosmetic stuff. In the end of the day, it's, some, it's a product that really works. And I'm getting more and more feedback uh, on, on how good it actually works. Right. And, well, in the end of the day, it, I'm not against wax. I personally, I, for me, it doesn't make sense. For my personal, very selfish surfing point of view, it is, it is it's a waste of time. It's a waste of my precious surfing time. I know you're busy and you have a day yeah. obligation. Well, I have a lot of obligations. So I just want to go to the beach, grab my board and go surf. And waxing your board and making sure I have the right wax and it's all yeah. pretty takes another 10 minutes out of my session, which is for, for busy surfers or for if you're grown up with a family, with, it's time, right? And so and I don't want to worry about that. So if you want to use wax, that's good. If you want to try something else and, and look what the future can hold for you, it's also good. And you have an environmentalist uh, type of angle with yours as well, too. I mean, it's, it's pretty eco-friendly product, too, right? It isn't wax isn't necessarily a good thing for the ocean, is it? Well, the good side about it is that um, it, nothing washes off into the ocean, and it's, it's sustainable. It, it, well, I, I will not, it's, it's, it's based on plastic. There's plastic inside there, but it's, it's very little. The material footprint is very small. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think nothing wrong with plastic. Plastic is a beautiful product. We have it in yeah. so many things. The problem is with one single-use plastic, and that's something, it's definitely single-use. You put it on once, and it will last. Well, I, I get this question a lot lately, like how long does the product last? It's right. difficult to say at the moment because yeah. I just started this journey just a year ago. I just launched into this in a full-time uh, manner just 
a couple of weeks ago. So we're still at the very beginning. Congratulations. Uh, that's great. And um, uh, in that sense, it's difficult to answer how long it will last, but it definitely lasts longer than a wax job. I, I think I can, I can claim that. And so, like, uh, lately I've been surfing a 6.8 kind of egg shape. Um, and if, uh, say, for my 6.8 board, for instance, would one package of, of, of GNT do the trick in terms of uh, traction for me, or would I need uh, two packages to tape it out? Jeff, that's, that's, that's a question uh, that, that is quite common. It's one of the FAQs um, that I'm working on at the moment is it, it, depends. <laughs> it depends on on the way you surf. Yeah. So, um I like to compare it with like if you take a front deck, rich, uh, front deck traction pad right. that, that you would find in your surf store right. and you look at the space this will cover, you might have the same question. So where do I put it, right? right. And it really comes down to how, um, how familiar or how, how consistent you are with your front foot placement. So if you're really right. like an advanced surfer or just a surfer that is really has a steady foot placement, one pack will do. If you want to play it on the safe side and you want to cover more, or you're doing airs and you need it all the way to the nose, then you might yeah. need to. So right. I think that's the fairest answer I can get, give to I, that. I would uh, be doing uh, probably two, two packs, not because I'm doing airs, but because I'm, I'm flailing all around. And I, who, who the hell knows where my feet are going to land once I pop up? <laughs> well, you know, you know, but you know, I'm not sure. You remember that old movie, Rocky? Yeah, where they, of course. Where they had this with a rubber band and the chicken? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about it. If you put the stickers where you want your front foot to be, you could actually take it as a training training mechanism right. because if you don't hit that spot, you will just slip off. And I think that way you can actually use it to train your foot placement. Because we have, I was just talking to a buddy here and we was, were working on this board and we had the same topic. And we, yeah. it's, it's a question that is quite common. And I, I wish I could give you and everyone a good answer to that one. Um, but I think rule of thumb is usually the front foot should or the pad should be much more farther to the nose than you would anticipate. Looking right. at the board, you always would think it more in the middle, but I think actually it's slightly more to the nose. But yeah, to make long, long story sh short or long answer short, one pack, it's designed for one pack. Right. That was the idea. That's where the price point is. I think it's, it's, it's a fair price compa compared to the fact that this is um, – it's designed and manufactured here in Portugal, and it's it's produced in, in Germany. So, um, cool. uh, no, no, it's fair labor um, according to environmental standards and all of that. So, I think overall, it's it's a fair package for all parties. Are you manufacturing in Portugal? Not yet. We might yeah. at some point. Um, at the very beginning, it was easier for me to get, find the right facilities to do that uh, right. in, in in Germany. Um, oh, it's German-made, huh? Yeah, made in Germany. Uh, you guys are surf, engineers. surf nation on the planet. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, I know with things like uh, in my field, you know, drawer slides, Bloom is a big name. And then in Austria, too, there's a lot of precision metal work that's done out there. And I think you guys are known for a couple of high-end uh, automobiles as well, too. So the Germans, they know yeah, how to Yeah, yeah, there might be one or two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, when did you move to Portugal, the Aracera? Um, That's about five years ago. Yeah. So I had this... Uh, when you grow up in Germany and you're yeah. passionate about the ocean and surfing, you're always in this dilemma where you can never surf as much as you want. And when you go on vacation, you 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 have two weeks of vacation, maybe one week, and right. you practice your surfing, you make some right. advancements, you go home. Next time right. you go, you understand level. Right. And at some point, eight, nine years ago or something like that, 
I went to Australia and yeah. I was at South Beach. And I saw this guy, he was like in a complete, complete business dress, like shirt, tie, everything. He came up to the parking lot, took a suit, went surfing, and yeah. I thought to myself, this is exactly what I want to do. This is, this, yeah. is, this is my style. At that time, I was working in corporate and I was in a kind of busy, business-heavy environment. And then I did the assessment. Where can, where do you, where can you do this? In, in Europe, it's quite limited. Waves, you could, it basically comes down to France or, or right. Portugal, right. a little bit of Spain. So, and I ended up uh, um, finding an opportunity here in Lisbon. And that was five years, five years ago. And uh, well, from there, uh, it all developed. Actually, I came here for the way, but I have to say Portugal is a beautiful country. The people yeah. are, are very warm-hearted and it, we feel quite comfortable here. So in yeah. the meantime, uh, we have a little baby, 15 months, and we feel quite comfortable. We are quite happy here. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, you're launching a new company. You got a new baby, a year and a half old, and boy, you're uh, burning at both ends. Good for you. <laughs> I, you can't yeah, knock that and, and your Instagram game, like I said, is on point, man. I don't know how you find the fucking time to post so many videos. And, um, you know, like that's like my, I, if I really wanted to promote the podcast, I'd have to step it up a notch, but, um, <laughs> thank you so much. You know, I think it's all pretty wild. It's pretty raw, but I, yeah. I come from, from the, from, I think for me, Instagram is still, um, it's called Instagram. Yeah. It's like it's something instant. I don't want to make it too cosmetic and too, yeah. um, orchestrated. I yeah. just bust out the stuff. I feel like all my clips, I never take more to two to three hours to edit them and just shoot them out. So do, yeah. I think it's quite raw. Hey, um, I was worried you're going to tell me your traction pads are produced in Wu at a Wuhan factory or something like that. No, man. Uh, actually, no. I, I, we yeah. made that conscious decision a long time ago. Um, no, um, no, I want to have, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Wuhan, um, you know, over here in California, we're entering month, well, we've, for about a month and a half, we've been on lockdown. We have one more to go. Our, our uh, lovely governor extended it another month. Although the, you know, the death toll isn't exactly what you hear about in New York and the like. Uh, I'm out here in, in uh, Santa Cruz in California. How, what's going on in Aracera in regard to uh, coronavirus? And what's the story over there right now? Yeah, so um, I think at a certain point, the whole world was, was kind of in the same situation. So... Also in Portugal, uh, all public places, all beaches, everything had been locked down and everyone was pretty much staying at home. Yeah. And the whole life and economy almost went to zero. That was, I think, it feels like eternity, but I think it's like six weeks ago, five weeks ago. And uh, just of today, as of today, uh, I think uh, it's a good day to celebrate. Uh, the beaches are open again. So Great. along with other, with other uh, measurements and actions, to, to kind of step back into a bit more normality. Uh, they also opened up the beaches. Um, I didn't go surf today, but I checked the beach. It was quite busy, so people <laughs> taking opportunities there. So yeah. um, I think we've been in the same situation. Portugal um, managed this crisis quite well, I think, at least from a health point of view. Everyone was very disciplined in that sense. Uh, so I think they have uh, the, the, the new infection rate is below, uh, below one, yeah. which I think is a good sign. Um, so yeah. we'll have to see. I think the the whole Corona situation has a well, obviously has a health aspect, but also has an economic aspect, and we have to see what comes out of it. Even for surf business, because in Portugal, the economy is largely building on on tourism, right? And right. Uh, what it means for those guys, I have no idea because 
there's so many surf hostels, especially in Arizona. The, the, half of the village is is uh, surf hostels and surf schools. So right, um, I, I cannot say anything about that. Um, from a purely um, selfish point of view, I, right. I look forward to a great summer because the yeah. travel there's still travel bands in in, in in Europe. So usually during summer the lineups are quite busy. And I'm saying that from a European standpoint. I think for Californians, every California American I've talked to, or even Australian, they come here, they're like, on the busiest day, they will go, oh, empty lineups, fantastic. And so, that's your busiest day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are oh, a little great. bit spoiled in that sense. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, but it, can, it can get quite busy. And it, it's usually you don't take too many people also. So we have to put that in there. I know. Well. That, that's the thing about surfing in crowds, too. I get up in my head. I don't want to collide with anybody. I'd almost rather just surf a crappy wave over and over again solo or with a friend, you know, just closeouts just because I'm worried about crashing into people. And I'm, surfing is a selfish endeavor. I mean, you find, you know, I'm a nice guy. I defer to people. I, I tend to think I'm polite. But then you get out there and, you know, I'm not dropping in on anybody, but that little, isn't it funny, that kind of quiet tension between you and you go, hey, good morning. The guy's sitting there and he's kind of floating. He's like, good morning. And then all of a sudden you just, you know, it's just, it's just this quiet competition between you two, you know, trying to catch waves. I find that to be the oddest aspect of surfing and, and kind of part of a head game. You got you to gotta overcome if you want to have fun because... I don't know about you, yeah. if someone drops into me once or twice and kind of get in your head and you're like, oh, fuck, and then you're pissed off for the next 20 minutes, and you know, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny that you say that. Um, yeah. I heard about a guy, a French guy, that when he came to the lineup, he would say, say good morning to everyone personally. I think it's good because what I see, yeah. I'm not sure what it is uh, in your place, it's like every surfer has so much in their own sphere and, yeah. and they don't like to, usually they don't like to talk too much yeah. to other people they don't know and it's, it's um there's not too much laughing actually it should be fun but it's fucking serious <laughs> yeah it is. and then the, at the end of the day what i learned is i hurt myself usually from silly things and i always step back now i, I yeah. take it slow I, I, I think you might lose a wave but if you get hurt then you get you're out for a couple of weeks and then you cannot surf so i think the smart move is always to take the lineup that is maybe not that busy i do too and there's a there's one spot i surf in santa cruz if you ever come our way um called the hook and it's a pretty popular spot it's at the end of 41st street it's one of those spots on saturday you just see i don't know 50 60 people out there you know but um you get out there early enough and the regulars there and there's there's one specific dude who surfs the main peak there and he's just kick-ass surfer but he'll just he'll wave you on you say okay this one's for you man you know, and so that's, that's, that's nice. And I believe in karma too. I think if you see a wave and there's, uh, you know, a young man trying to learn or, or somebody on a soft top, you say, all right, have at it, give it a shot. And then if they blow it, you know, at least you said you tried. <laughs> and you also know what they're about too. Yeah. Totally agreed. I think it really works that way. Karma yeah. works that way. I think if you give something, you get some, back something. I, I totally, totally believe in that as well. I agree. So did you, I know well, Hamburg's up in the, what, the northwest portion of Germany, right? Are you, are you, um, you're near water there. Are you on the water in Hamburg? That's actually interesting because uh, it's in, pretty much in the north, like almost center north. Uh, and we have a little lake there. It's called the Baltic Sea. Yeah. It's a little bit like, I think it's similar. I think Michigan lakes are much, slightly bigger, but it's, right. it's, it's the same type of waves that we have there. It's wind fetch. Right. And um, you can have those days that where you have some waves there, I mean, those, the good days there are probably worse than the worst days sure. yeah. here, but um, you can surf there. If you have a longboard, a bigger yeah. board, you can have some fun there. 
Did you, yeah, did, you sur- did you surf it while you were growing up in Germany? Is that where you started surfing? Or did you surf once well, you made that trip to Australia and, and realized this is the life you want? No, by that time I was already surfing, but I, I spent my, all my teenage years riding BMX, like yeah. on a higher level, and a little bit of skateboard. I come from a town where they have skateboarding. is a really big thing. And so I kind of grew up with this kind of skate park vibe, and we did some skimboarding. And then, but I started to surf with around 22, I think, quite late. Yeah. So uh, that's why I will never make it to, to a really advanced level. I, I can do my things. I can do my turns, the backside, frontside. Can you? It, it, it is, if you see someone that surfs since he's, well, since he can walk, it's a different level. For them, it's muscle memory. And for me, it's, yeah. if I get lucky, I have a good one and I feel good about it. Yeah, but so, um, yeah, in my early 20s, that's where I started. Same Excellent. as you, right? You also kind of started a little bit later than... Not only early other. 20s. I think I was 30, 33 years old, and I didn't even even envision myself surfing. I moved to a surf town, and uh, my, my, my wife grew up in a smaller surf town about three hours south of us. And, um, yeah, we were just killing time. I think one day, my father-in-law, we, I rented a big soft top. He's like, well, let's go surfing. So, so I did that, and I had this epiphany. I, I was in your shoes. I had a, a 15-month-old, just about, my first son, I thought, shit, he's, his hometown is going to be in Santa Cruz. So I think it's the rite of passage that everyone knows how to surf in Santa Cruz. I've since learned that's not necessarily the case. And I don't think Joe's interested in surfing at all. But um, it was my excuse to start going. And I don't know about you, but I had no idea how addictive it was going to be. Sometimes I wish I never even started because it just it haunts your thoughts. <laughs> you just can't, you can't get out enough looking at boards and, and whatever. Yeah, I personally think... Surfing is one of the most complex activities or sports you can do. There's so many factors in the equation that um, I think even the best, they still haven't figured it out completely. And because, well, we all know each wave is different and then you have, you have boards, you have uh, your personal condition every day, you have fins, yeah. you have wind, tides, blah, 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 blah. It's, yeah, but that makes it interesting, right? The, the, yeah. the difficulty and like uh, that, that makes it really interesting and that when you catch a good one, that stoke is priceless. Yeah, it's like, it reminds me of golf. And I'm not a good golfer, and I probably golf a handful of times a year. But when you get, when you just, you just get all of it, and you know the club did its work the way it's supposed to go, and you just watch that ball fly. And then I'll shank one, you know, the next three shots. But you never forget that one good shot. And same goes for your yes. wave, too. Yeah, yeah. See, I, 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 I see, exactly. I think if you hit, hit a good, uh, um, for golfing, it's quite similar. I, I heard it. I, I'm, I'm not playing golf myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, absolutely. Well, do, how often do you surf? Well, now, hopefully, daily. Good since man. the beaches are open, the last couple of weeks have been, a few weeks have been difficult. And um, when I was still working full time, it was also quite difficult with, yep. um, because going to Lisbon, the commute, everything took a lot of time out. Right. I, between five and seven times a week, I think. Oh. God bless you. Yeah, you must be a ripper then, man. I get out about one, one and a half times a week, I think is my average. But that's great, man. I, I look forward to being in your shoes. How do you pull that off with a, with a new mom? And uh, how, how do you get out of the house to do that? You, you must have a cool wife. Well, I have a fantastic wife, the best one, actually. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> no, for me personally, <laughs> yeah. um, luckily. No, um, you know, to be totally honest, this is, um, I mean, I talked to my wife last year and I said, honey, I have this product and it's, it's, again, we got really good feedback. It's working really good, but this, this baby will not grow if I don't give it all my love and attention. So right. 
we figured it out also from a business side and 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 um came up with a plan for this year yeah and then on my last day my last week officially working in a corporate was also the first week of the work at home policy here in europe right and it all started very so it started very differently my my entrepreneurship started very differently <laughs> I knew it would be difficult, but I would have never imagined that yeah. it is that that difficult. So, but then again, uh, I'm uh, I'm all about positive uh, thinking and, and keeping this going. But it's it's a startup, right? The whole yeah. surf stake GMT thing is a startup. Um, I will give it all my uh, all my my attention and all my my yeah. energy, right? And I have a lot of good people talking to that talk to now to back it up. Uh, since we are online, I think we're we're not in a bad position and I have an IT background, so I can do a lot of things myself. So I really push, push on that on the online side and we build a little community there. People here around here get, get better surface, get interested in it. So the idea for this year is to push as hard as we can get out there, get, get some footprint. And then we have to see at some point how, how we go from the business side, but it's, well, maybe you can talk in a couple of months, a few months to see, <laughs> give you an update because this yeah. is, this is, this can, is, this is do or die. This can yeah. work or not. It's, it's, that's a huge risk there for, but yeah, but no risk, no fun, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. No, well, no risk and no reward. And, uh, I respect the hell out of any entrepreneur doing it like that, especially following the path. Let, let me just close the window. There's a construction site here. They're starting to work again. Let me just close the window for us. Okay. Fair enough. Good, good. Hendrik just got up and I see behind him, he's got uh, a fire wire board and a, uh, a lock board. And I'm trying to guess what the models are. I think one of them is, um, I see Machado already. So that's one of the, one of your fish there, right? Uh, that's a creeper. Oh, the creeper. Okay. And that is a quiver killer. Yeah. Quiver killers are really popular. What? what? Yeah. Um, I still, that's actually my most ambitious board. It's, um, it's a 510, I think, and it has 32 liters. Oh, yeah. And the LipTech, the LipTech construction is not, it's not like in epoxy, it is, it is not that floaty. Right. Um, Interesting. If you get it going, and yesterday, or yeah, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. was, was a good day, it was a lot of strengths, yeah? yeah. And, and it will work, even for me. I think it's a great board, but it takes some time for me to get used to, and I need to have a proper wave, and I need yeah. to be, everything need to, needs to add up perfectly, then it's good. But, I'm, I'm a big fan of new materials and I'm also a big fan of LipTech technology. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. I think they're still not there, like for example, for helium construction, yeah. uh, it is still not there. But I like, you know, from a, from a pure consumer point of view, looking yeah. at the classic PU board, not like not a sophisticated one with good glassing from, a, yeah. from an advanced shaper, but like the normal PU boards. Yeah. For me as a normal consumer, pay, I'm not sure what it costs in the US, but 500, 600, 700 euros. Yeah. And then only have it, like after my first session, have foot dance already. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, it doesn't make sense for me. And I cannot justify that, that invest or that, that spend uh, in any way. So I always look for boards that have like materials that will last a little bit. And I'm, I think I'm willing to pay more for that. And I, I feel like they're, might be more people thinking like this. If you want quality, you need to pay for it. But I'm back to the point of sustainability. I think the most yep. environmentally friendly thing next to using wood is to use something for a very long time and make it last for a long time. And I can say that about LipTech, TimberTech is 
I love it as well. It looks also very pretty, yeah. and the helium construction is quite good as well. Right. And I know there's a lot more sophisticated constructions out there that I might hopefully get my hands on at some point. Um, yeah. Those Firewire boards are pretty, and I, I see the LibTech all around, too, here in Santa Cruz. I see both of those products everywhere. Um, and I agree with you with those alternative materials. They do. They last a lot longer. Um, and the heel dents are annoying as well, too. There's something about the polyurethane feel, and I've tried a bunch of different EPS constructions in the sandwich. There's something about polyurethane that has a little flex or kind of softness to it that can't necessarily explain. It's just kind of a warm feeling. But, um, but I'm not really surfing like a potato chip from Channel Islands that I just got off the rack either. They're kind of, they're highly glass, you know, almost, um, well, kind of similar to that board back here. Just, you know, a lot of glass, a lot of color to it. Um, yeah. they're, they're pretty strong, but I'm with you all the way on that. And they don't ding. I mean, I ding the shit out of my boards all the time. They're like, they're like, they're like eggshells. Do you do much ding repair on either of those boards? Do you ever ding those things? Have you dinged them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you yeah. mean like a classic new board? Just like, well, no, like uh, the classic ones, I'm sure. If anyone had surfed a classic polyurethane board, I'm positive you dinged them. How about those two behind you, that Firewire TimberTech and that LibTech uh, Mayhem oh, behind no, you? No. I, I mean, I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but I can say yeah. that both of them are yeah, quite strong. And um, so I, especially the LibTech, I yeah. personally, I mean, there's, it's a price you pay for it on the performance side and also from the flex pattern. I think it's not like a pure board in all fairness or right. an LFT or whatever you have there. Um, but I think it's for us, every average surfers or travel surfers, that might be, nothing is more annoying flying to a different, uh, to a foreign place. Uh, your surfication that you have been looking forward to for months and then you get there, your board is broken in half. Yeah. Then I'd rather have a board that is a little bit more robust, maybe yeah. that not performance but I know it will be, it will survive or it will arrive in good condition. Yeah. So if you add up all those factors, I think yeah. LibTech is, is, is great. Uh, so it's the timber tag, but also the helium. I think all those constructions are quite good. A quick question for you. I'm traveling to Mexico uh, late next month uh, down the Baja Peninsula, and I have two PU oh, boards. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked. Um, I, I'm a little nervous because my father-in-law told me to get ready for, you know, 10-foot bases at that time of the year down there. It's like, I'm <laughs> shit. But um, I'm, tra I'm flying. It's about a two-hour flight. But what, what advice do you have for me? I don't you know, I have normal travel bags, but how would you pack these things? They're, I got a 710 PU and I got my 6.8 polyurethane. They're both the uh, Michelle Junot boards. I don't want to ding them. I'm going to bring a ding repair kit down there. You got any advice on how to pack it so it's not going to get dinged? I haven't traveled with boards too much. Well, yeah, I, I think it all comes down to the, to the airline. I think yeah. airlines treat, some airlines are different. I'm not sure about the US. I think yeah. some, like Emirates, I know they're treating their luggage quite good. Good. What I usually do is put the boards and put clothes in wetsuits, but if you yeah. go to Baja, you don't need a wetsuit, right? Yeah. So maybe some bubble wrap. I think it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a gamble every time. If yeah. You a board and you sometimes if you're on the plane already, you see like your 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 board bag is is on is on a card and all the suitcases are stuffed on top of it. Then that's when you already know it's like absolutely I'm not in a good place. So I, I think crossing your fingers and. <laughs> Yeah, stuffing out the bag. Actually, that's a good question, and maybe you have an answer for that one. Is it better to have a heavy board bag, like put in additional things so people right. cannot throw it, or is it better to keep it very light? I'm, that's the question I'm asking myself all the time. The good news, or maybe the bad news, because from the airline's perspective, but there'll probably be only five people on our flight probably heading down to Mexico anyway, <laughs> you know? Um, 
Yeah, maybe he can bring it as a um, Kevin, Kevin luggage. Yeah, just lay it in the, the aisle there. That would be sweet. That would be better than doing <laughs> uh, an hour of ding repair right when I get down there to Mexico and all stoked to paddle out. Okay, I won't keep you for much longer, but tell me real quick. So you have your creeper and your uh, quiver killer behind you. Right now, what are your go-to boards? What's in your, what's in your, your quiver right now that you like, uh, that you like to surf? And I, I want to keep this podcast board-centric, so if you tell me the approximate dimensions as well. All right, so I think my, my daily go-to board, I don't have it here at the moment. If I had one board, and I'm not sure, especially this time of the year, uh, I carry the, the Evo from uh, Firewild, the Tomo Evo. Yes. I have it in helium construction. I think it's 5.7 uh, with yeah. 33.4 or yeah. 7 uh, liters. Um, that one is a really all-round good board. And yeah. I, I think I don't have to say anything about the Evo because everyone knows it. It's a fantastic board. Yeah. I think it works in bigger sizes, but smaller sizes. Yeah. Um, this one I write a lot. And I have a Hydro Short and a Hydro Nout. And the Hydro Nout I usually bring out in winter when it's like the waves can be quite yeah. heavy here. And uh, when it's bigger and like you have proper waves, that's when the board that I would use. Yeah, you're dialed in on the Firewire Quiver. Those are all, um, I think, the Tomo shapes, right? And Kelly Slate or Slater designs. I think yeah, none of them. I think they're all Tomo shapes. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I like about Firewire is uh, their marketing. I mean, their website's legit. They have a really good podcast too, The Wire. Uh, I listen to occasionally, um, and you can log in there, and you don't necessarily need a Listen, I live in Santa Cruz. We have like 65 local shapers, you know, and I, I know a couple of them personally, and. I just have a hard time giving my dollar to, to you know, something made overseas or, or even out of state or even in Southern California if I know I could, you know, uh, circulate those dollars in my local economy. But one advantage Firewire does is you could peruse that website, you do the volume calculator and you can kind of dial in, you know, almost have the same kind of advice a local shaper would give you and then you got a nice product in your hands immediately. A tough one. You, you, you make a good point there because there are some local shapers like Cemento or I think Chili, um, yeah. Chili Boards. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely looking to those ones as well. But um, to this point, I think back to the PU conversation that we had a while ago, I think it's, uh, that's probably why I stuck with Firewire at this point, but it's not written in stone. And yeah. I'm also talking to some local guys here. And I totally get your point. I think the... Shaper culture is not yeah. that developed around here as it is in California. Uh, yeah. Maybe in a couple of decades, we will have to sandwich culture. And I totally, I'm totally with you. I mean, we should spend locally. But then again, I think Firewire is doing a fantastic job and they're really on the forefront on, on, on online yeah. marketing and building a community and all of that. They yeah. might have just got me with that. <laughs> I just, I, sometimes I get so annoyed with Firewire because you see people come down and they'll have a big Firewire longboard or something. And like, for instance, I was at Pleasure Point God, I was just scratching for any wave I could possibly get. And finally, I got into one. And just deer in the headlights, this dude was just, it was still low tide. He was about waist high in water. And he was had his board. And he just stopped and just looked at me, come at him. And, you know, you don't have much time. And then, sure, shit, I jump off my board. And who knows what happens, you know, this collision. And, you know, I saw fucking guy just got his firewire at the Billabong shop on 41st there. And, um, <laughs> God damn it, he got in my way. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of noobs that are on Firewire, which is why sometimes I'm annoyed with that brand. But, uh, but they do make a killer product. And you're no noob, obviously. You're all in on the shortboarding, man. Everything's like mid-30s, late-30 uh, liters for you. Well, the, the Creeper, actually, that's, my, um, that's for the summer days. And that's about Good. 38 liters. I think it's yeah. a 6.0. Yeah. It's kind of my longboard. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but... 
Yeah, around the 35 to 32 literage range. Have you been but maybe I should try more because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, anything below like 40 liters for me, I haven't even tried to board below 40 liters. Maybe I should, but I struggle enough just with the float on, you know, my 42 liter um, short boards. Um, maybe in Mexico, yeah. man. Maybe that's, that's, yeah. that's your time to shine. Maybe. In Mexico. Yeah, one advantage of those lower uh, volume is just being able to duck dive a lot better too on bigger surf, you know, just kind of skating right past that because getting beat back over and over is so exhausting. Um, have you been properly barreled? I mean, like a heavy barrel over you and spit out? Only in my dreams. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> no, it, it is tough and it, it is all about, um, I haven't, it's still on my on my bucket list. It's still on my. I want to make this dream a reality. But I think all the stars have to line perfectly for that, and the wave has to be perfect, and that must not be too crowded. But we have barrels right in front of the house here, so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm currently with more time to surf and work out. I'm getting back a little bit better to shape, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe one day, but I, not yeah. yet. Not yet. If you're surfing, no one has no barrels. <laughs> yeah, same here. If you're serving five times a week, I think you'll get there eventually. There's one, um, and I'll let you go before long to get on with your afternoon, um, Hendrik and, of uh, gripandtraction.com, correct? Cheers, right. yeah, that, that's it. Gripandtraction.com, all one word. What's your, what's your Instagram handle so people can find you? The same one, gripandtraction. Okay. That's one. Uh, it's two accounts. That if, you, if you're interested about the product, it's gripandtraction, uh, all, all in one word. Uh, and we have uh, Surf Stick Surf, which is more like, it's more about lifestyle. It's a little bit more about every Sarah lifestyle. It's about also nutrition. It's, it's, it's a little bit broader uh, there as well. So if you want to check out those two accounts, Surf Stick Surf or Grip and Traction, I, would, I appreciate that. And you just did a run. I noticed on Instagram you had a post where you had face masks that you printed up, huh? Yeah, I'm now. doing those. Um, actually, they received quite well. We have uh, designs which are really authentic. Like there's a long tradition in Portugal to for, for tile making. So yeah. if you go through the village here, you have little houses have uh, these little beautiful tiles. So um, we adapted that design to the face masks. Uh, cool. Actually, it's it's bandanas, but you can use them as face masks. And personally, I don't like the view of the face mask. Same here. But the bandana, I think, is a good compromise between wearing a face mask and having something versatile with you i couldn't agree and, uh, with you more i couldn't agree with you more those face masks they're so creepy first of all watching everyone wear them it sucks but um what better excuse to wear a bandana you know around exactly. your neck and then pull it up over your mouth i mean you know that's uh, there's something kind of cool feels cool about that <laughs> yeah so we have have those and it's it's just a little side hack our our uh, our ambition and, and passion is is with surfing with the surf products yeah. yeah we have a bit of merch there as well but the interesting part is is the products all right now uh, if someone's listening to this podcast and, and you found me because you listen to surf podcast and god bless you for finding me and contacting me and thanks for coming I, on. I listen to each and every episode, uh, Jeff. I oh, really enjoy it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I don't, like I told you, I think on the phone privately, I don't know how long it's going to go, maybe once a week or maybe once a year. Just a personal passion project, but it was fun. It is fun nonetheless, and especially connecting with yeah, people Yeah, we would like have you. never talked. We like, would have never talked if, if it was not for the podcast. So I think it, there's some, some benefits out of it already. There's, um, I, I know you're a podcast listener, so I found a good one with Chaz Smith and Derek Riley called Dirty Water. It's only five or six episodes deep. Have you heard of it? No, man, but I will check it out immediately. You're Dirty Water? Yeah, they talked to Matt Biolos. They have a great lost conversation with Matt. Um, 
and uh, and they'd get really in the woods about uh, shapes, you know, and what he would recommend for each of the surfers and how he's more and more making more user-friendly mid-lengths and how he's surfing one of those mid-lengths. And then we were talking about, yeah, dirty water, write it down. Um, Taking some notes here. Yeah. And then there's another one called Barrel Patrol um, down in Southern California. And it's just two kooky guys like me, basically. They just started their podcast about when I did, but their goal is to get barreled. And, uh, and it's <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's, that sounds interesting. I know it's it a good, it's a good concept. Yeah. Their goal is just that they're, I think one of them has been surfing for a couple of years. I think the other one just started. And I don't know if they know the challenge that lies ahead. They're probably going to get barreled before I do though. They get to surf once a day too somehow. And they're married. So I don't know how that works, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they get barreled, but they might not come out. So yeah. Maybe that, that sounds realistic. Do you have anything else you want to say? I, I you know, to all my uh, my number of the beast. I know you're an Iron Maiden fan. I could tell from your uh, from your Instagram post. I got 666 downloads. I think this morning it was 685 or something. Any message? And that's amazing. That's Thank cool. you. Keep going. You will you will hit the stars. I'm quite sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Any message before I let you go about your product or any message you want to send out to the masses? Anything you want to say? I'll let I'll, I'll let you close it out. Thanks, Jeff. Well, the one thing I like to say is let's stay positive. Let's, yeah. let's um, keep a positive attitude in these difficult times and uh, also be grateful for what we have. I think if we learn one thing in this time is that surfing is something precious and something that, that is not, we cannot take for granted. So each time that we go out and surf, maybe give the next guy a smile, say good morning and, and stay positive. That's it. I like your style. You're a good man, Hendrik. Thank you for joining me. Cheers, Jeff. Have a good day. Take care. So there you have it. Hendrick, G&T, Grip and Traction. Check out that website. Check out that product. Down the road, we're going to do a giveaway. And uh, I may just order me up some pads myself to, uh, to see what this Grip and Traction is all about. Got another interview lined up next week. Jonathan Wayne Freeman. If you don't know who the dude is, he's got about 45,000 followers on Instagram. He's a funny, funny dude. He lives in Oceanside, San Diego area. He does some work for Surfer Magazine. He hosts Surf Jeopardy Live on Instagram. He has the Ultra Core Surf Hour, which was a little web series that Surfer Magazine posted for him. Funny guy. And uh, we just keep getting momentum. Thank you for listening. Let's keep growing. Let's see how far we can take this thing. Check me out at Midlife Surfer Podcast or Jeff at Midlife Surfer via email. I need some reviews and ratings. I don't know how that helps me. I imagine there's an algorithm with podcasting in the Apple Podcast app that'll allow me to, you know, pop up more and more and more searches. So if you can go give me a five-star review, if you want to leave me a review, you could write helps fight COVID. That's my favorite review to leave lately on people's podcasts. So go do that for me. And uh, like I said, I'll ship you a bar of wax. Sorry, Hendrick. It's not a traction pad. I think I need to get rid of all my wax now because I'm going to start using Hendrick's stuff. Who knows? But I'll ship you a used bar of wax. I'll spray it down with Clorox so it's going to be super clean and we could share this surfing experience together. Okay? Hey, have a good day. God bless you for listening. Peace. 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 Peace.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.